Hello, experiencers. This is Chris from State of Fear Podcast, and you are listening to a fourth-hand production. Ew, radio! Radio! To the weird and mysterious world of the inhuman experience, a paranormal podcast where we explore the strange and unexplained. Coming to you from the mothership directly above the uncanny valley, my name is Bobby Anthem, alias Elijah Bong, and with me as always, place your fingers on him lightly and ask him anything, my partner, my ace, my fellow inhuman. My name is Mr. Blades. You don't need to summon me with a Ouija board. Yes, that is a magic eight ball in my pocket, but I am happy to see you. Thank you, Bobby Anthem, for that excellent introduction. <laughs> What's happening, man? <laughs> oh, it is a Saturday. We are having a good time. We're talking Ouija. Yeah, man, we're getting dark, and it's a beautiful Saturday right now where I am. It is, it is. I was just going to ask you if it was, like, super hot in your area because it got to 77 over here today. 77? Nah, man, it's a it's a beautiful 68 degrees over here. Hey, that's not bad. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's nice and sunny. We're over here talking about the nice, beautiful weather before, before we get into <laughs> t- summoning spirits. Yeah. <laughs> But you'd be surprised to find out that it's not that dark. I mean, it, I thought it would be much darker, but it, it's not really that dark. It's more about making money. So, yeah, that is kind of dark. But Man, everything is all about making money. It doesn't really get much darker than that, does it? No, it doesn't. The, the root of all evil, as they say. But uh, people got to live. Uh, and, and for some people to live, they have to contact the dead. Yeah, or, or pretend they're contacting the dead. But... You know what? This is something that I've been wanting to get into, something that I don't personally have a ton of experience uh, with, but it is definitely something that I've always been sort of interested in. Not interested in, in doing or using, but just interested in looking into. So uh, we're doing that today. Yeah. And I also love that we're going to get into a little bit of the science behind some of the things. Hopefully, Chris Cogswell will be proud. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're not just uh, we're not just spewing nonsense. We're getting to, into some actual factual research. You'd yeah, be proud of us. There might be some nonsense. But, oh, there's, we can't do an episode without nonsense. I mean, that's sacrilege. Which might be perfect for this episode. But I don't know, man. We we do what we do. We're about to push the planchette forward into this episode. So, but we can't say the things that we normally say on our podcast. That is correct. So I couldn't say something like beep. And I I definitely couldn't say beep, 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 beep. And then beep. I am not doing this bit. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. He's too deep in. Anyway, this is Alex Austin from Ronan Geek Official Podcast. And in the room with me today, I have... Plebeian Pirate Adam. And? And just Rob. And just Rob. And we are here to advertise Ronan Geek Official Podcast. We are a geek news and comedy podcast direct out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. So if you want some Canadian flavor on your geek comedy news, make sure to give us a listen each week for gaming, movies, and TV. We'll give you some reviews. We'll give you some 
some spoilers, and we'll give you probably a lot of other stuff you didn't ask for. So, <laughs> so join us wherever you find your podcast, and we look forward to having you listen to us. Yay! Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes. Well, I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you Did you just make a will I am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. I'll allow it. Anyway, we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? Alright, what, what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? But, oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. In February of 1891, apparently, the first advertisements started appearing in papers. Ouija, the wonderful talking board. Um, boom. That sounds so cute. <laughs> Uh, it was a Pittsburgh toy and novelty shop describing a magical device that answered your questions about uh, past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy and promised never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. All the classes? <laughs> <laughs> it unified the nation. Yeah, you know, that, that the 1800s, man. <laughs> what a time. Uh, Cats and dogs. Living together. Summoning, summoning spirits together. <laughs> Twinkies exploding. <laughs> a link between the known and unknown, the material and immaterial. Another advertisement in a New York newspaper declared it interesting and mysterious and testified as proven at the patent office before it was allowed. The price was a dollar and fifty cents. A buck fifty. Dollar fifty. To contact it. Buck fifty, man. Buck fifty. Contacted dead. Maybe get you a picture of the uh, Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Drawn by Bobby Anthem. <laughs> That's not my gimmick. I'll draw anything other than the Loch Ness Monster. I'm not, <laughs> not infringing on any gimmicks. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, that's uh, that's Brent's uh, thing. Right. Maybe I'll summon a demon for you, though, for $1.50. Yeah, you'll you'll create a Divic box out of cardboard for somebody for a buck fifty. Right. Out of, out of, out of a shoebox. Yeah. It'll just say Nike on the side. That's Roman for Dybbuk. <laughs> it probably is. But this has very little to do with the uh, Ouija board. So what do we... Yeah, it's got <laughs> nothing else? to do with the Ouija board, actually. Um, so yeah, going back to it, it's uh, this mysterious talking board. It was basically sold in the board game aisles, a flat board with the letters of the alphabet arrayed in two semicircles above the numbers zero through nine, the words yes and no in the uppermost corners, and goodbye at the bottom, accompanied by a planchette, a teardrop-shaped device, usually with a small window in the body. Used to maneuver about the board, the idea was that two or more people would sit around, place their fingertips on the planchette, 
pose a question and watch dumbfounded as the planchette moved from letter to letter, spelling out the answers of its own accord. The biggest difference is in the materials. The board is now usually cardboard rather than wood, and the planchette is plastic. Classy. I love how I love how it was described as you watch dumbfounded as the planchette <laughs> moved from letter to letter. <laughs> Basically calling you a dumbass. <laughs> it's like you paid a dollar fifty for this, man. It's made out of cardboard and plastic, just like the spirit world. <laughs> Where do you think plastic comes from? <laughs> demons. <laughs> They're summoning demons, Joe. <laughs> All right, so what else? Uh, the real history is mysterious as how the game works. Ouija historian Robert Murch has been researching the story since 1992 when he began his research. He says nobody really knows anything about its origins, which struck him as odd. For such an iconic thing that strikes both fear and wonder in the American culture, how can nobody know where it came from? Yeah, that, that is true. It's like, uh, where did it come from, actually? Uh, I heard other stories. I, I probably should have looked this up before we started pushing our words off onto the people, but I remember hearing a story about some girls who were saying that they could contact spirits. They were sisters, and they were straight up lying. You know, no, you're, you're all... right, though. You're right. It's uh, it's in this story. It's um, okay. It's aided by the stories of celebrity sisters and other spiritualists in the new national press spiritualism worked for americans it was compatible with the christian dogma meaning one could hold a seance on saturday night and have no qualms about going to church the next day <laughs> uh, so wash apparently it in the 1800s it was acceptable <laughs> just wash that evil out with soap and jesus yeah. so so you talk to the devil on saturday and on sunday you, you go to church that's how that works man checks yeah. and balances Okay, yeah, the movement also offered solace in an era when the average lifespan was less than 50. Women died in childbirth, children died of disease, and men died in war. Even Mary Todd Lincoln, wife of the venerable president, conducted seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it, it was began by those uh, celebrity sisters you were speaking of. Okay, yeah, because that was the story that I had heard. But I, I guess I don't know if they actually created the board themselves or if it was inspired by what they were doing because there were different things that they were doing. Basically, oh, no, they to... didn't even have a board, dude. It says um, the Fox sisters of upstate New York, they yeah. got they received messages from spirits who rapped on the walls and answered right. questions. Right, that I okay. remember, yeah. Yeah, but then they were doing other things later, and then other people started getting involved and trying to monetize the whole situation. But it was all fraudulent. I mean, I, I just want to make that clear. It was all totally fraudulent. Sorry for the spoilers. Uh, so but... what did they do? Did they have, like, somebody in the next room? Um, and while they were doing their asking the questions, they heard, like, knocks on the walls, and people were like, whoo ghost. I think... If I remember correctly, and I know I say that a lot, and I know that I'm wrong a lot, but I think they had something rigged up with, like, strings, and they were, I think there was an apple involved. They would tug <laughs> on the string, and the apple would, like, you know, do the knocking or whatever. Okay. If the apple's a-knocking, don't come a-rocking. Right. I was... 
man, I really wish that I would have looked this up before doing this. Like, like we didn't have this planned, but it, it really is. It really is an interesting story. I'm getting it all mi uh, mixed up like I usually do, but it really is an interesting story. So, I mean, that, their story is worth looking a lot deeper into. Yeah, definitely. I want to look into. We'll do a part two of this, and we'll actually look into the history of the the sisters. Yeah, we plan a lot of part twos that we don't make good on. <laughs> Uh, well, we are going to do the Divic Box part two at some point in time. For sure, yeah. So <laughs> we're definitely going to get around to it. Right. Yeah, communicating with the dead was apparently common at that time. It wasn't seen as bizarre or weird. It's hard to imagine how now that we look back and think, why are you opening the gates of hell? A <laughs> <laughs> simple question. Why are you inviting demonic spirits into your home, Joe? Okay, so somebody, I don't know who, but maybe the sisters began the Kennard Novelty Company, the first producers of the Ouija board. They were mostly looking to open Americans' wallets, not open the gates of hell. <laughs> um, I think, again, if I remember correctly, I think somebody else saw the dollar signs and got involved with it because they definitely did monetize their um, quote-unquote abilities. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they were also kind of being exploited not necessarily manipulated because they knew exactly what they were doing but i think somebody else came in and said hey you know we can make a lot more money with this yeah and, and i would uh, consider this article pretty legit because it actually is coming from smithsonian magazine so oh well <laughs> you know they're they're not fake news yeah they're doing a lot better than i am yeah um okay yeah it doesn't say the sisters specifically but um yeah somebody started the kennard novelty company and those are the ones that first produced the ouija board okay <laughs> and at that point they made it out of wood and yeah i'm trying to find out where like what the first ones were made out of for a buck 50 though i mean you would think it was just like cardboard right and plastic at that time i don't know hmm because like i don't even know if they made plastic at that time actually shit uh, dude, I suck at history. But, <laughs> like, I'm thinking the best it could be made, like, you got their, your discount version of a Ouija board, and it would maybe be made out of pine, which is, like, the cheapest and most lightest breakable right. material. <laughs> and so, right. Like, right. if you wanted something that was oak or ebony, you'd probably have to pay, like, five bucks for it. <laughs> right. That's what I'm thinking. It was, like, the Ikea furniture of board games. <laughs> Yeah, your your planchette didn't have a glass window. It was just empty opening. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It doesn't say nothing like that here, as far like from what I'm reading so far. It doesn't say what it's made from. I'm pretty sure they were originally made of wood. Yeah, probably. Because honestly, I don't know if they made cardboard back then in the eight like 1890s. Did they have cardboard back then? I never looked into the history of cardboard. <laughs> um, Same. Thing. I mean, they knew. <laughs> They knew they definitely had paper. So if they had paper, it seems like they would have uh, been able to make cardboard. It seems like a simple enough leap. Yeah, but... I'm actually looking it up right now. I need to know. <laughs> you can't get past this. <laughs> I can't. I got to know. Cannot... I must. I must know. We cannot teach you about spirits until we figure out when cardboard was manufactured. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
corrugated paper was patented in 1856, but used as a liner and hats for the beginning of its existence. It wasn't until 1871 that the corrugated cardboard box came into existence as a means of shipping and handling. Okay, so this is 1890 when it came out. So yeah, cardboard was cardboard was around for a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It looked like it was picking up steam, like becoming the hot new thing. Yeah, used for shipping items. You know, they might have had UPS or their version of UPS back then. It wasn't just for hats anymore. Nope, not just for hats. Okay, so we know that cardboard was around in the 1890s. So it's possible that some a dollar store version of the the cardboard Ouija board. I guess so. Oh, but also too, you know, they, if they were originally being sold for a dollar fifty, what was a dollar fifty worth back then? A dollar fifty was actually a lot of money because people would get paid, like, right. That's pretty like, much pennies that's, on the dollar for a, right and like, for a day's work. You know, like I think you got thirty five cents a day. Don't quote me on that. But I'm saying a lot of unfounded things, so I probably should. I mean, but it was something like that. I mean, because that's just how money works, man. It was worth a lot more back then. So $1.50 wasn't cheap at that point. If you had $100 a day, you were probably considered very wealthy, I think. I I would think so. To throw away. Well, I don't want to say throw away on a piece of wood or cardboard. (laughs) Um, Because they were really... as far as they were concerned, they were really speaking to spirits. Mm-hmm. So that was worth it at that time to them, I guess. Yeah, because I guess people were doing what the sisters were doing, calling out the alphabet and waiting for a knock at the right letter. And I guess it was too boring to people. And at this time, there was the telegraph, you know, had was around and people were communicating through that. So they're like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of sitting in this room waiting for a knock at the wall as I recite the alphabet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the entrepreneurs realized it and then the Kennard Novelty Company really nailed it. So people started basically making up their own rules and then they landed on like, okay, this this is what it is. Yeah, apparently so. Can you imagine, like, so the country was picking it up and before the Ouija board came about, they were just uh, reciting the alphabet in probably cold rooms. <laughs> and they're like, right. can I get an A? Waiting around for a knock. Right. <laughs> You've got nothing. <laughs> the world's quietest game of <laughs> I'd like to buy a vowel. <laughs> oh, yeah, that does sound really boring, though. Uh, so in Ohio, the talking board, it was called, it it wasn't called the Ouija board at that time. It was just called the talking board Okay. with letters, numbers, and a planchette to point them. It was the same thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see the investors, Elijah Bond, a local attorney, Colonel Washington Bowie, a surveyor to start the Kenner novelty company exclusively make and market these new talking boards. None of them were spiritualists, but they were all keen businessmen and identified a new niche, niche, niche however you say that. <laughs> so they knew how to they knew how to uh, prey on people's superstitions. Of course, basically, of course. Yeah, they didn't have the Ouija board yet. the The talking board lacked a name. 
Contrary to popular belief, Ouija is not a combination of the French word for yes and the German ja. Merch says, based on his research, it was Bond's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, um, who supplied the now instantly recognizable handle. Sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it. The name Ouija came through, and when they asked what that meant, the board replied, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck figuring it out. That was actually... again later. (laughs) That was one of the stories that I had heard. Another thing that I heard was that they just picked it because it sounds Egyptian. It sounds vaguely Egyptian. Yeah, so it actually it has no meaning at all, I guess. Like, uh, like what is it, Hagendas? Hagendas. <laughs> yeah, isn't that German for something? I don't, I don't think it's anything. I don't think it has a meaning. <laughs> I think that's what I remember seeing. Oh, Doesn't mean it's... anything. It just sounds like something. We're gonna feel so dumb after we do our research on this and I don't plan find to, out. I don't plan I don't plan to do any fact checking <laughs> but we don't do any research <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work man if I was going to do any fact checking I would have done research in the first place so eerie and cryptic but for the fact that Peters acknowledged that she was wearing a locket bearing the picture of a woman with the name Ouija above her head, and that's the story that emerged from the Ouija founder's letters. It's very possible the woman in the locket was a famous author and popular women's rights activist, Ouida, whom Peters admired, and that Ouija was just a misreading of that. Okay. Hmm. I heard that too, and I heard that that was actually false. So, I don't know, man. It seems like I'm hearing... The multiple stories that I heard, it sounds like this is just mixing them all together. Yeah, I think this is just uh, the Smithsonian had compiled a bunch of a bunch of histories. And I don't know, like we're not at the point yet where we can actually identify if we can ever identify that Ouija was an actual thing or a name. Right. Well, I mean, it's been determined that it's not, you know. It was made up, but... It's just, uh, where did it come from? So this is just, we're, we're just not going to nail it down. You know, no, it, there's not. too much history, too many different stories. It's all muddied. Everything about it is all muddied. So who knows, really? The reptilians. It's a conspiracy. That's who you're talking to through the Ouija board. <laughs> you're, you're talking to them. That's That's their prime method of communication. That's their iPhone. Because they realized uh, many millennia ago that other species could pick up on radio signals and also telepathic communications. So they invented the Ouija board so that they could communicate. That makes as much sense as anything else, honestly. (laughs) They didn't expect humans to get their hands on it. You don't think they put it here for the humans? Nah, man, because sometimes it reveals secrets that they don't want us knowing. (laughs) Yeah, man, we're, we're too irresponsible to handle that type of technology. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. We're not ready. So what else do we what else do we have? <laughs> okay, so um, according to Merch's interviews with the descendants of the Ouija founders and the original Ouija patent file itself, which he's seen, the story of the board's patent request was true, knowing that if they couldn't prove that the board worked, they wouldn't get their patent. 
Bond brought the indispensable Peters to the patent office in Washington with him when he filed the application. The chief patent officer demanded a demonstration if the board could accurately spell out his name, which was supposed to be unknown to Bond and Peters. He'd allow the patent application to proceed. They all sat down, communed with the spirits, and the planchette faithfully spelled out the patent officer's name. Now, whether or not it was spirits or the fact that Bond, as a patent attorney, may have just known the man's name, that's unclear. <laughs> but <I'm> <laughs> so I, I think he knew his name. Honestly. I'm pretty sure he knew his name. Uh, on February 10th, 1891, a white-faced and visibly shaken patent officer awarded Bond a patent for his new toy or game. So, yeah, scare the shit out of a patent officer, get your patent. That still works today. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much in any field you're trying to get into. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> See? It still works. <laughs> Yeah, the, the first patent offers no explanation as to how the device works. It just asserts that it does work. Now, I'm wondering if you've heard this. I forget what the scientific thing is called, but it has to do with some kind of thing that works on your subconscious level where you're yeah. actually you're you're not aware that you're moving it, but it's you who are moving it and your subconscious right. is actually effectively doing that for you. So you're not talking to spirits. Yes. Now, honestly, that's what I believe. I forgot what it's called as well. Uh, you could look it up real quick if you want. But yes, I'm about to do that right now. That's actually what I believe as well. Now, I, I feel like I've made it clear um, to anybody who's listening to this. I made it clear to you. I, I make it clear to anybody who I talk to. I do fully believe in spirits. I believe that there is more than you know, what we can see with our eyes and hear with our ears. I do believe that. But yeah, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. Um, but I just, I don't think that there's much to the, I don't think that there's anything to the Ouija board that's supernatural. Yeah, I, I think there's better ways to communicate with spirits if you really want to. Absolutely. And... But still, going back to something that you said a few times that made me think, you know, this, it could be one of those situations where it's all it's all in the intent. You know? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I do strongly believe that it is the user, whether it's purposeful or not, it is the user who is controlling it. Because I've, I've personally spoken to... I remember when I was a kid, my sister and her friends were playing around with a Ouija board and I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, yeah, I remember and, that. And um, so uh, it actually spelled out something. Everybody freaked out and everything and everybody was all scared. They packed it away and never touched it again. And then years later, my sister's friend actually admitted that she was the one who was <laughs> who was you know moving it. She knew what she was doing. <laughs> but and and I'm I'm sure that happens a lot, but in most other cases, it probably is a, a subconscious thing, you know? Yeah. Um but Okay, I've got it here. It's called mm -hmm. uh the idiometer effect. Okay. And it's a it's basically a way for your body to talk to itself. That's the scientific explanation for this and how the and, 
The, and to me, it makes sense. Yeah, it's a, the mysterious mechanism that powers the Ouija board is called the ideometer effect. And it's basically a way for your body to talk to itself. It's an example of unconscious, involuntary physical movement. So it's like we move when we're not trying to move. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the, the thing called hypnic jerk when you're sleeping, you're suddenly awake, right. but that, that's a more abrupt version of the ideometer effect. That actually happens to me a lot. I used to get that a lot when I was, uh, especially when I was stressed out and that would scare the crap out of me. I'd have a lot of, uh, those hypnic jerks and wake up like, what's going on with me? Am I going crazy? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, it would scare. That would, it would kind of scare me it wouldn't really terrify me but it would kind of scare me if it would pull me out of a dream yeah or just as you're falling asleep and then you're you're kind of halfway in between sleeping and waking and then you're kind of back awake right right see i couldn't think of the name but i knew there was a scientific explanation for it and i thought it was something kinesiology or whatever but no that has nothing to do with it it's actually called the ideometer effect and i hope i'm saying that right not butchering the word yeah. It, it does have the pronounce and it's like id e a meter so yeah i guess that's the correct pronunciation yeah man and i don't know if i'm pissing some people off by saying that <laughs> I, I think that that's largely what it is you know but i because people have different experiences with it i'm sure there are people who say man i i've used a ouija board and i you know and i didn't move the thing it talked to me whatever but i don't know man um yeah I'm, I'm, I feel. I think I'm fairly open-minded, but when it comes to this, man, I, I don't. I just don't know. It's kind of like how I keep bringing the magic eight ball into this conversation. Uh, that's. I used to when I was more superstitious. I used to feel that oh, it's the it's the devil board, you know that kind of thing. Right. But now, especially with this scientific explanation here, it seems like it's the it seems like it's the thing because you're like we're going back to your thing of intent and so you're intending to want to communicate and you're subconsciously making that happen so you're bringing that about right um and even the other person every everyone who's got their hands on it you know is uh they're putting they're putting their energy into that and they're like i I really want to know the answer to this question so your body is actually creating that while it's uh, moving around right I really think that's what's happening here. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm mostly leaning toward. Um, But there's also the thing of intent. And seriously, I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, I try to see how where that works in with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. If you if you go into a situation intending to contact spirits or in other cases, demons or whatever, maybe you're actually making that happen. Maybe it has nothing to do with the board. You know, maybe it has nothing to do with a game that you can buy at a toy store, you know? Yeah, interesting. And and maybe maybe it has nothing to do with an actual demon or spirit, but in your mind, you're conjuring these things up. So it's going to affect your life in that way. So it's kind of like the secret where you're manifesting. Yes, it's exactly like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was, just got that visual there of the book the secret I, i've never read it but i've heard a lot of people talk about like manifesting and stuff like that right yeah people swear by it 
Yeah. And um, for everybody listening, I am going to leave a bunch of links in the description so you can, you know, check this out for yourself and come to your own conclusions. I think that's an excellent idea because uh, there actually is a lot more to get into. Uh, oh, yeah. This uh, this Smithsonian article here, it's uh, yeah, we could probably do maybe three or four episodes on this article alone. <laughs> well, then this is what we're going to do, man. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up here because I definitely want to get into some uh, personal stories at some point. I want to look at different things like uh, celebrities uh, who have used uh, Ouija boards. I want to look into uh, Ouija boards and pop culture and movies. I know that you said that you've had some personal experience with Ouija boards. So, yeah, um, I think I told you that story like maybe our first or second episode where we got into stuff like that. Yeah. So we're definitely going to get into that. And so now we, we put ourselves in a position where we're going to have to do a part two. <laughs> <laughs> and probably a part three and a four, you know? Yeah. yeah I'm cool with that. So uh, what do you say we wrap this up right here? Welcome Beyonders. <laughs> How did we get to this weird place? Who are these two crazy guys and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat, two guys who discovered late night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Confirmed sighting. The several videos they're talking about were recorded years ago. Footage of the sightings declassified by the military. See, see, see right there. You see it? You catch it? See what? Confirmed sighting. Sensors locking in on the target. We saw a disturbance in the water. Confirmed sighting. Oh, they did. I think they did. Confirmed sighting. I'm going to do something a little different for this one. Because usually, you know, we talk about movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, things in media that, that we've been into that's, you know, related to the genre, sci-fi, horror, uh, general spooky stuff, things of that nature. I'll, I kind of want to do something a little different now because it's something that I kind of, uh, like, really took a liking to. Uh, and that's the yesteryear podcast. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, so they 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 have become friends of ours, uh, which is really cool. You know, uh, we mentioned we got a, a voicemail from James uh, a while back, and it took us it took us way longer than it should have to get around to actually airing uh, his voicemail. But it was real cool that he took the time to reach out to us yes. and. Our very took, first voicemail. 
Yes, yes, our one and only voicemail because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that platform is no longer active for us. <laughs> but we're working on other things. But still, we were we were very grateful that he reached out to us, and uh, it took me a while because, and you know how busy I've been. I know how busy you've been. It took me a while to get around to actually listening to the Yesteryear podcast. And when I did, man, I was instantly hooked. Yeah, it's a good show. It's an an excellent show. I didn't binge it as much as you did, but I did listen to the Nightmare on Elm Street episode, and it was fantastic. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one to start with, too. Yeah. (laughs) Very good one to start with. And that's too... that's how this kind of connects also with confirmed sighting because a lot of the movies that they watch, basically anybody who's unfamiliar with the show, James and his co-host, <laughs> Beth, who also happens to be his daughter, they they watch uh, movies mostly from back in the day. Um, mostly movies that James grew up with. Uh, and, and every so often they'll throw in movies that Beth grew up with. Uh, so those will be a little more recent, but a lot of the movies are horror movies because James has an interest in that. And these are classic horror movies from the eighties, you know, the good kind, the good kind, man, the fun kind, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then they, their interaction, I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of listening to how they interact, the way that they talk to each other, the way that they joke with each other. Um, it's amazing that they they spend this quality time together, man. Like I have three daughters, and I've never once considered doing a podcast <laughs> with with <laughs> any of my daughters. It's, you know, and yeah. maybe you not, guys could do a podcast on uh, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Let's talk to our boy Jay about that. He can do that <laughs> with his daughter. immediately i was taken to it like how they interact with one another like you were saying and it really is a nice way to if you've got kids and they're interested in what you're doing or maybe they want to spend time with you that is like a perfect way for like bonding time man right there it's beautiful yeah man and that definitely shines through man you can see that they, they both have a lot of fun bonding in this way they're they're both growing in this way with with podcasting because just everything about it is great you know they definitely know what they're doing their format is good they know how to talk their audio quality is is good everything is their research they take they definitely do their research and take notes which is a thing that i do not do (laughs) (laughs) and Um, i'm just learning to do it so yeah, and there's so much that's interesting about it, though, because James is, I would say he's in our age group. So, you know, he's a couple years younger than us. So he grew up on the same stuff that we grew up on. So the movies that he's watching, he looks back fondly on. He's like, oh, man, I can't wait to show this to Beth. You yeah. know, she's going to love it. You know, and he's watching it with, with those with nostalgic eyes and loving everything that he's seeing. And she's watching a lot of the stuff like this is stupid. The <laughs> acting is horrible. The script is weak. <laughs> the not story enough, doesn't uh, make CGI. <laughs> you know, and and it's cool. Like I don't, I don't criticize her for for having her opinion. You know, she's she's coming from, she's coming from uh, a perspective of, of this 
current generation, this right. teenage generation. So it makes total sense. Um, it did hurt my heart, though. I'm, I don't want to spoil anything, though. But it did hurt my heart, the review that she gave of Big Trouble in Little China, which... Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost afraid to listen to that because that's one of my favorites. I, man, look, if I was stranded on a desert island, Big Trouble in Little China is one of the only movies that I would have with me. <laughs> you know, yeah, that movie you, means a lot to me, man. So the, no Monster Squad, no... Uh... No, uh, I, I can't even, uh, no Tremors, you know. I, I mean, I just look back on those films and I really, really love them. I love them so much that I, that that would, if I had to choose three movies to watch for the rest of my life and only those three movies, I think I would pick those. I would probably pick Big Trouble in Little China, uh, Goodfellas, and Pulp Fiction. Okay, yeah. Mine would be Big Trouble in Little China, Monster Squad, and Tremors. That's cool, and they did. They did actually uh, watch those movies, Monster Squad and, and Tremors. Okay, I don't. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. I'm not giving any spoilers, man. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a real cool show to listen to, man. I'm I'm legitimately a fan. I'm a huge, huge fan of that show, man. And it was an it was an instant thing, man. Within the first couple of minutes that I started listening, I said I have to get more of this. Yeah, you know? it's kind of like how I became a fan of Ronin Geek official. Um, first listen, I was like, man, these guys are talking some great stuff. I, I love right. to to what they're talking about. And they just, I started binging all the shows. Right. Big shout out to those guys too, man. Yeah. Much love to Alex, man. He was on our last episode. Great guy. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fun to talk to, fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, yeah, man. So yesteryear, you should check that out, man. And it's, it's, it's a movie review show. It's a lot like, uh, it's a lot like anybody who might be um, familiar with Hollywood Hangout, uh, a show that I was on a lot with Boxman and Anthony. Um, but the thing is, on Yesteryear, they don't play the movie clips, but they definitely dissect a movie. Um, and just the dynamic is, you know, it's a, a father and daughter, and they just, they connect on that level. So, yeah, it, the yeah. dynamic is great. I mean, it's, it's the perfect integration between one generation and another generation. For sure. Yeah. I, I can't get enough, man. Um, yeah. I think they're at, as of the time of this recording, I think they're about 27 episodes in 28 episodes. So it's still, it's still fairly new um, and definitely bingeable. So, you know, you, again, usually this is not a thing that we do. We all confirm sighting. We usually talk about, you know, other things, but I don't know. This kind of fits. Did we shoehorn it or does it kind of fit? No, it fits, man. And and plus you were, you loved it so much. You were just so adamant about talking about it. I was like, okay, you're really excited. <laughs> Let's get into this, man. Yeah, I was super excited to talk about it. Man. So. so it's not a sight you can see with your eyes, but one you can see with your ears. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so anyway, go check that out, man. <laughs> Contacting Inhuman Resources, a Q&A segment where you can have your cues aid by these two jackasses, at least to the best of their limited abilities. Feel free to ask any question at all from how to make a peanut butter sandwich to how can I get my hot co-worker to notice me to how do manatees procreate any question at all. Just contact at 
IEXP underscore podcast on Twitter with the hashtag Inhuman Resources or email Inhuman Experience Podcast 19 at gmail.com with Inhuman Resources in the subject line. And we'll see what we can do about bringing you that much closer to enlightenment. Now transferring you over to the Inhumans. All right, welcome back to Inhuman Resources. And today our question comes in from AC. And he wants to know, out of all the episodes that we've done so far, which ones are our favorites? I like that question. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're getting better. Things started off kind of rough, but that's just how things start off, you know? Right. Uh, feeling our way through this and, and growing and uh, trying to get better equipment and trying to find better ways to use the equipment that we have. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I do have to say that I feel like some of our more recent episodes uh, have become my favorites. Like, I really think that we did a good job on the Dybbuk box. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. I, I liked listening back to it. This is the first time I haven't been um, creeped out by listening to the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, if we if I was to compare that to a lot of our older stuff, I wouldn't even recognize who we were now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a different vibe, man. I feel like uh, we're more laid back. Um, we were doing different things with uh, with production all on our end, you know, so sometimes it's a little rough, but we're handling it ourselves. Uh, but we're, uh, we're a lot more comfortable. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that we're, we sound more confident. So we're not, we're not really worried about what we're going to say. And if we're, if there's going to be dead air, because it doesn't matter anyway, it go it gets edited out in post. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, we've got a, we've got a little safety net to fall back on, but I think if we were doing this live, there would be some mess ups but we would actually do pretty good i think because we did good live when we first started out i mean yeah I yeah think, i think we had one or two live shows so yeah yeah we did a couple and i felt like they went okay and that was way early on and we were still trying to figure out what, what exactly yeah. it was that we were doing right and we actually did better live than we did on the recording at those times yeah yeah working without a safety net basically yeah some of the guests that we had, actually all of the guests that we've had, I'm, I'm happy with everybody that we've had on. Um, <laughs> not happy with the audio quality that we had uh, <laughs> when we oh, had, yeah. you know, when we had some of the ATT guys on, and that was yeah. totally on me, you know. But you know, again, these things just happen. But uh, it was still really was cool to talk with worst, those guys. The worst time to have like audio issues is when you're on with a with a higher tier podcast we've had great guests man and probably because most of them were people that we were friends with to begin with and then as we went along it's like we made new friends and right. had them on the show and so i i like all those episodes but i gotta say my favorite one is more recent and it's uh it would probably be a tie between the Cogswell episode and the episode where we had Dan and Leon. Yeah, yeah, man. Those were amazing. Uh, thankfully, we had them to do all of the heavy lifting for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was just so like, much fun. 
Yeah, they were. They were super fun, man. I, I felt like we really clicked with Dan and Lee, so that was really cool. Um, another one was, another. Uh, um, uh, well, we recently had Alex on from uh, Ronin Geek, and that was, yeah. I know that was one that you were super excited to do, and I was happy to do that one as well. And um, again. Yeah, he's a second timer on the show. Yeah, yeah. My first time getting to talk to him. And again, he did the heavy lifting, so <laughs> that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, he had, a, he had a story, he did some research, and then we kind of just went from there. Yeah. Oh, dude, we had we had Brent Hand on from uh, Hysteria 51. That was amazing. He was right. on twice. <laughs> he yeah. was on twice, another two-timer. Yeah, and I'm going to take this time to mention now, I'm kicking myself for the first time he was on. I'm kicking myself for not coming up with the title First Hand Experience. Oh, shit, or Fourth Hand Experience, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's been on twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When he's on four times, we're going to have to title that episode Fourth Hand Experience. Yeah, play with the spelling a little bit. <laughs> man. Uh, but yeah, man, we I mean, we had friends on. We had Yuck Nasty on with us a few times. We had Papa Dave on with us, yeah. you know. Um, our boy Shaheen, you know. Yeah, we had our boy Jay. We, we've been doing a lot of episodes with Garden of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, we just recently, we did... Yeah, man, we've done some uh, recordings with Jeff, who's uh, really starting to take off. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know, man. It is it, uh, a lot of our earlier stuff has been pretty rough. You know, I'm not gonna say I hate it, but <laughs> it, it, it was it was fun to do, and it's all a process. And I, I was definitely happy to do those. Uh, definitely happy to do those with you. So that was super cool. Um, but oh, I don't know, man, <laughs> but yeah, man, as far as our, our more recent stuff, I'm just, I'm happy with the direction that we're going, you know, Definitely. I'm, ha I'm happy with, uh, our most, our most recent, uh, episodes, uh, pretty much more than anything else. And I'm just, I'm excited to see where we're able to go from here. Agreed. I like the quality of the content. I think it can only get better. I like the quality of the audio, especially because we've got, we've been getting new equipment. We've been moving some stuff around, trying to find the best sound. Um, yeah. We haven't just been content to sit still and say, oh yeah, we're doing, we're doing fine. We've got a good sound. We're not going to mess right. with anything. Right. Uh, of course, you know, we do still have a ways to go. And again, that's mostly me, <laughs> but we're getting there. We're yeah, well, there. not just you. I've got to learn how to use this mixer thing here. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> there's that. Yeah, but we're getting there, man. And it's all fun. It's, it's all fun. And we've actually been getting more listeners and people have been coming back on a regular basis. And that, you know, that that's I, fucking I, awesome. I and can't I dropped say how much I appreciate that. that. <laughs> right. Right. We've been doing better on that front, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love when I look up, when I look at the podcast, when I'm uploading a new episode and I'm like, oh, let me check out how many downloads we got. And I see the number and I mean, it, it looks big to me because I'm sure other podcasts that have bigger numbers, they're looking at it, they're like, oh man, yeah, we got like 3,000 downloads a week. Okay, cool. And I'm looking, if I see 400, I'm freaking happy. I'm like, oh wow, this is great. That, right. that means that 400 people are actually listening to us and enjoying the stuff that we have to bring. So it, it really exactly. does mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally good with that, man. I'm, I'm, 
I, I, I take no issue with us not being a super huge podcast with thousands of, of listeners. Not a big, you know, I, it, it'll get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, we'll I'm, I'm happy with us growing at our own pace. Um, you know, I don't like stress. I don't like it, man. I have enough stress in real life. I don't need stress over podcasting. So, yeah. you know, we're Oof. taking it easy and, and, and you know, we're, we're slowly growing. That's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like I said, it, it just means a lot that that many people are listening to the show. Even if we had 50 regular listeners, I mean, that's still fantastic. Yeah, yeah, man. Not sweating it. But those people are listening. You know, we do have people listening. And since you are listening, we like questions. Send in your questions, please. Yes. Do like the nice lady says at the beginning of the segment. And um, don't forget to leave a five-star review because that will help us out tremendously and we love reading it on the air we'll give you a shout out no we'll hook it up for you and with that so uh what do you think you want to get out of here yeah man let's uh go ahead and wrap this up so if you want to lend us some extra support you can take yourself over to patreon.com forward slash inhuman ex podcast we have one tier now but i'm looking at starting up the a second tier where Bobby Anthem will draw a picture for you. <laughs> Is this seriously going to be a thing? Because I'll draw uh, a picture. Dude, I'm totally going to set up a tier where you, you draw a picture for somebody. <laughs> whoever, whoever gets that tier, you have to draw a picture and mail it to them. Oh, man, I'm, I'm responsible <laughs> for mailing things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to see it, but I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> And then that's going to be the that's going to be the second tier. Um, and I'm going to be starting that up soon. But like I said before, if you want to leave a five star review, it is greatly appreciated. We love it. We will, you know, give you a shout out on the air. We will read your review and you will have our undying love and respect and admiration. And Bobby Anthem probably won't draw a picture for you, but, you know, maybe. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if you got a question, you can hit us up on twitter at inhuman cafe podcast where else can they get us they can reach us by email at inhuman experience podcast 19 at gmail.com or you can hit us up on the spirit board or you can find us on a spirit box dibbic box (laughs) the dibbic box don't (laughs) don't let your cat pee in it but also if you haven't had enough of me for whatever strange reason you can find me with my partners, Yuck Nasty and Papa Dave Sincere on Planet Raconteur. Uh, I still do a regular segment on Saturday morning cartoons. That's morning with a U. Uh, coming soon, I promise. Me and my partner, Anthony, we are coming to you with the anthology of hip hop. And you can also find Blades, myself, and our homeboy Jay from Conspiracy Cafe on Inhuman Cafe. That's right. That's where the three of us get together. It's kind of like a little campfire talk with a vast array of subjects. It's a lot of fun. Love doing it. And I don't want to put the card ahead of the horse here, but I am working on something top secret with another fourth-hand member. Hey. That might be coming out fairly soon. So, you know, I'll give you more information as it becomes available. It's so secret that I don't even know about it. So I'm looking forward to this. 
Actually, it just began. I'll talk to you about it off air. <laughs> nice. I get the inside scoop. And All with right. that, we will leave you for this week. We hope you join us again on the Spirit Box. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.